Hello, Hello. little gay people in our phone. <laughs> uh, as you can hear, we are not oh, together. No, we're not together. <laughs> but do you remember that one time where we weren't together, but we got it, and it was like super, like whoa. Yeah, that was like our. That was like the first time we had the good microphones. Uh, rest of. <laughs> yeah uh i don't know where my microphone went because i recently moved so cross your fingers that i find it y'all yeah i have no excuse i'm just not doing all of that Um, (laughs) i'm sorry y'all but this is this is real this is me um yeah you're exactly where you're supposed to be Yeah, you know what? I would say so. I would say so. <laughs> um, but hello, everyone. Welcome to Little Gay Library, a podcast for bookish gays, by literature lesbians. Join us as we talk about our current queer reads and important news from the book world. Woohoo! Um, my name is Glory. My pronouns are she, they, um, and our silly, quirky fun tidbit this month is our opinion on barbie um we both saw it uh when it came out um i had a lot of fun watching it i think it was like a perfect hour and a half like i really had a good time and it was also like super sweet at the end and um yeah i think it was I loved like the costumes and the backdrops and I love um the in interviews I watched how Greta Gerwig kind of was inspired by like 50s soundstage musicals so I really like how that was shown in the movie and it was just really funny and a great time so yeah go Barbie mm love um i'm leslie my pronouns are she her aya uh i thought barbie was great um something about Greta gerwig is that she is going to have a complicated mother-daughter relationship in a movie okay Mm -hmm. and i really i really fucked with that Mm -hmm. um i felt seen (laughs) um i loved like all the music um yeah you know ken's iconic song um just ken for real that was that was a moment i was like Mm -hmm. okay um and yeah i don't know i i thought it was good too and i think um I'm gonna have to watch it again. I feel like there was definitely stuff that I didn't pick up on until I like read people's think pieces because I love to read a good think piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love to read a bad think piece too. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yes, speak your truth even if you're wrong. Um, but yeah. And you know what? I got to wear my hot pink Lucy and Yak corduroy shorts to go see it. Yes. I was like, yeah, this is this is a life. 
um maybe <laughs> maybe we can revisit this um once I feel like more people have watched it and once I watched it again mm-hmm. yeah I, well, I really want to see it again um just because uh for the vibes but also the first time I watched it I was just like taking it in and being yes like, oh my God, it's so good but this time I want to like analyze it yeah analyze <laughs> it because I'm like I was watching it I was I was looking at everything the yes <laughs> I was so overstimulated <laughs> no literally it was very like overstimulating yeah stimulating but- in general for real but next time we'll pull up with our um bigger glasses and our blazers and we'll we'll take notes <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but the cast was perfect mm-hmm. um everything was really good yo ryan gosling why was he so ripped he was like they like trained yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait but i saw something that was like margot robbie like can hold a plank for like four minutes or something i saw that too (laughs) and i was like holy shit more than ryan gosling oh i mean she was like near the top or something i forget (laughs) there's like that list i think she came in second to like the trainer that's crazy i was like that's why i was like i can't hold a plank for 10 seconds um yeah yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I also read that Margaret, uh, Greta Gerwig, like for the Ken's bonding time, was for them to work out together. So that's why they got ripped. Oh my god! This just reminds me. This is basically the same thing, you know. Um, I tried to convince some of my friends last year to do push-ups with me every day <laughs> uh-huh we got like a weekend <laughs> was it but, like just mm-hmm. like texting being like hey guys do your push-ups like, so we would how send did it work other, we would send each other videos of <laughs> us doing but it was like only only one of us was really good not me was really good <laughs> at doing a push-up and so the rest of us were like basically like on our knees and just like barely like doing the motion oh but yeah I tell you my arms hurt and I said oh my god <laughs> I'm so weak but yeah I mean I think for like a solid seven days I was like y'all better watch out and then now I'm just like yeah fuck no I'm never doing a push-up for real for but real I'm proud like- of you <laughs> hey <laughs> My family was being held hostage and I had to do 10 good push-ups for them to like be okay. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd be, be like, I can give you like maybe one good one. No, I'll do one, like, on my really knees. Yeah. <laughs> the quote unquote girl push-ups. <laughs> uh, gonna do girl push-ups after girl dinner. <laughs> um amazing wait what was your what was your dinner tonight (laughs) oh um I had rice yum with pinto beans and then I made I prepped um like lemon pepper tofu yesterday 
So I let it like marinate over overnight. And then I stuck them in the air fryer, like the little strips. It was good. Like, honestly, like I wish I had had like an avocado. It needed something creamy. Mm, Yeah. Like, I hate when that happens. I know. I was like, oh, I'm missing something. Or like salsa. I don't know. It was it was kind of it was like a little mid, but like it was like, <laughs> it was like yeah, you know, today's been a midday, so this this checks out. But it was mid TV. It was mid. It was mid. It's like I ate like half the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about wow. you? Did you already have? Um, well, I got home like thirty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's why I, I was do well, I, well when when I told you that I was like running late it's because I was like making my dinner. Yes, um, it's spring rolls. It's like summer rolls, and there's tofu and vegetables, and I made peanut sauce. But okay, I cut chef. the vegetables. The I hell? cut the vegetables this morning because I knew I wouldn't have time to do it when I got home. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> love. And this. I got the tofu is from a Thai place near my job oh. I, just like, I didn't want to fry it so I just bought it <laughs> I was already fried you're so valid for that actually now I'm like huh girl hack <laughs> girl hack for my girl dinner <laughs> and then uh, girl push-ups after exactly exactly well um are you ready to get into wait do a little do a little asmar um So this is going to be part two of Lesbian Love Story by Amelia Posanza. Um, we focus on the last half of the book, which the chapters are um, Who Wears the Pants, Rusty Brown and Terry, The Lesbian World World, Gloria Anzaldúa, Sheri Moraga in a Lesbian Community, A Lesbian's Best Friend, Amy Hoffman and Mike Regal. And then epilogue, the lesbian future. So um, we are going to do the same thing that we did last time. Is like we both focused on a, a chapter and we're going to ask each other a question and then ask each other another like broad question in our discussion. And yeah, that's it. Super yeah. fun. Um. Um, yeah would you like to start us off Leslie yeah Yeah, I can get into it um cool so yeah like Lori said this chapter included or this this uh section that we read was chapters five through seven and the epilogue um I'm gonna focus on chapter six which is the lesbian ruled world Gloria Anzaldúa, Sherry Moraga, and Lesbian Community, 1977 to 1981. Um, so just a little bit of quick background on who these two um, folks are. So Gloria Anzaldúa and Sherry Moraga are seen as like prominent Chicana feminists from like the 70s. Um, and what they are known for is... Um, basically creating the the idea for this anthology um called this bridge called my back um it is like if you studied um women gender and feminist studies or anything like that 
um then you definitely know this book um reading it literally changed my life at 19 um I actually oh my god I have it right here I have the fourth edition um and basically it, it centers on women of color um feminists and you know basically like the the intersections of race class gender and sexuality um which is something that as is pretty clear like white feminists um just like did not care about so this anthology is basically like in response to the lack of um, the lack of like understanding the intersections or caring about the intersections of people's um experiences in the 70s um and oh my god I didn't even realize I had to put a snippet from Wikipedia here but yeah so um let me see what else what else did I miss oh right because it's an anthology like it includes works from other prominent feminists of color um and it is among the most cited books in feminist theory which I believe um listeners can't see but my copy I'm showing Gloria my copy and it has like a bunch of tabs Mm -hmm. um very tabby it's very tabby um it has just to like name drop a couple couple folks um besides the two um it also features um work from Audre Lorde um Tony Cade Bambara uh, did the foreword to the first edition, actually. Um, there is, yeah, who else? I'm trying to see. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a good book. Um, I think that it was really helpful for me in understanding, like, the importance of, you know, having. Or being able to like use your lived experiences or seeing your lived experiences as valid and as like um you know not not necessarily or not seeing theory as like the end all be all like people's lived experiences should be reflected in the theory um and yeah it also includes one of my favorite poems oh my goodness where is it it's the bridge poem oh here it is I'll read it to y'all because it's so they say very um slay okay (laughs) the bridge poem by Kate Russian I've had enough I'm sick of seeing and touching both sides of things, sick of being the damn bridge for everybody. Nobody can talk to anybody without me, right? I explain my mother to my father, my father to my little sister, my little sister to my brother, to the white feminists, the white feminists to the black church folks, the black church folks, to the ex-hippies, the ex-hippies to the black separatists, the black separatists to the artists, the artists to my friend's parents. Then I've got to explain myself to everybody, I do more translating than the goddamn UN. Forget it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of filling in your gaps. 
sick of being your insurance against the isolation of your self-imposed limitations, sick of being the crazy at your holiday dinners, sick of being the odd one at your Sunday brunches, sick of being the sole black friend to 34 individual white people, find another connection to the rest of the world, find someone else to make you legitimate, find someone, some other way to be political and hip. I will not be the bridge to your womanhood, your manhood, your humanness. I'm sick of reminding you not to close off too tight for too long. I'm sick of mediating with your worst self. Oh, on behalf of your better selves. I'm sick of having to remind you to breathe before you suffocate your own full self. Forget it. Stretch or drown. Evolve or die. The bridge I must be is a bridge to my own power. I must translate my own fears, mediate my own weaknesses. I must be the bridge to nowhere but my true self, and then I will be useful. Um, yeah. Slay. What did 19-year-old Leslie write? Oh, okay. Let's see what she had to say. We all have to put in the work in order to bridge this divide instead of relying on women of color to fix an issue that they didn't even start. Okay, I mean, you know, she was, she was, she said things. Um, but yeah, so anyways, that's just like a bit of like this book, right? So it's like very, very, very integral to women, gender and feminist studies. Um, and basically this chapter kind of like follows them um, on their individual journeys, like as, excuse me, as writers, um, then like when their paths crossed and then, you know, follows them as they worked to like get this anthology published, which like, spoiler alert, was really hard because um, some publishers were like, why would we want to publish something by not white people? Um, but yeah, so I think like um, something that, that they mentioned was like there, even if, if they hadn't been able to find a publisher to, um, yeah, like get this, this anthology out, they would have done it themselves. Um, and I think that's really, um, I thought that was really like cool of them to say um, because like I would say that, you know, zines are like self-published and like um, I was just thinking about like the connections to that and like how, um, you know, second wave, third wave feminists like really relied on on zines to like yeah, like connect with people. Cause at the end of the day, it wasn't about, um, you know, selling this book. It was about sharing these experiences and this writing with other people, specifically black and brown women who had been left out of these spaces. So yeah, it was super interesting to read. I think like as someone who is a writer, I was like, okay, cool. Like love this. Um, and I think, like, I have some, like, critiques on this chapter because, well, for one, I think it's really important to note that, like, Gloria Anzaldúa and her work have been, like, called out for the ways that she talks about Latinidad. Um, it does not, like, her 
definition of Latinidad that does not include blackness, which is um, silly. And unfortunately, like, I'm, I'm not trying to get into like a whole thing about Latinidad because I have really like complicated feelings about it because, you know, a lot of folks within Latin America do not include like the Caribbean as like part of Latin America. Like there's a lot of like very like clear anti-Blackness. And I think that like she participated in that. And then um, I remembered hearing like other critiques about the ways that she talks about indigeneity. And so I did some digging and basically found that her ideas kind of stem from this concept of la raza cosmica or the cosmic race. Um, and it's like very much like um, all Mexicans are indigenous. Um, like that's that's me like really oversimplifying it, but that's at its core, that's kind of what it's getting at, which is incredibly problematic. Um, it is not true. Um, I can tell you that Rafael with <laughs> blonde hair and blue eyes is not indigenous. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, you know, the the originator of that uh, concept is a eugenicist. So I feel like, yeah, you know, if you want to do some more research, like go off as Gloria Anzaldúa is like, your queen maybe do a little bit more research um and I would also say that um two poets who I actually have like first heard this critique from and who um I believe are, are doing um more work around Latinidad and why it does or doesn't exist are Ariana Brown who's a black Mexican-American and Dr. Alan Pelais Lopez, who is um, Afro-Indígena. Um, and yeah, you can definitely read more from them. Um, but okay. So having read this chapter, I was just like, this is cool. I just, I... All right, I'll, I'll bring up my critique now. Like, I just... There was mention of like other writers within this chapter. Like I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Audre Lorde is mentioned in this. Um, and one of the wait, let me see, let me make sure. I... Do 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 do. Oh yeah, um, but Bar uh, Barbara Smith, which. Uh, who is one of the founders of the Kombahi River Collective. I'm like, mm -hmm. they're both mentioned in this, like kind of like in passing. And I feel like it would have been a lot more interesting to hear about them. But that's just me, you know? And I'm like, heard, like I completely understand that um, the author, you know, learned about Gloria Anzaldúa through, you know, um, like, I believe it was like a, a writing class, which is like, cool 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 I don't know I'm like it's missing the the melanin you know um so anyways that being said the the main takeaway from this chapter for me was that the two you know had this um relationship that stemmed from being writers and that 
they work together to get this anthology out um which you know feels very telling of like the time that that it was um created during so my question is if you had to create a theme for an anthology that had to do with your experience as a brown and for me black lesbian in the 2020s what would it be so this can be as silly or as serious as you'd like but I was like I was like whoa like first of all anthologies are really fucking dope because you get to hear from a lot of different writers um usually they have like one theme right but the theme is kind of broad enough and open to interpretation um that like you know you get all sorts of pieces from folks like like I said this bridge called my back has like poetry um it has like personal essay speeches um more like academic um pieces so yeah curious what um what your anthology would be about glory okay um so I have some points that I want to bring back from when we were when you were uh talking earlier but um yeah, Amelia Posanza also mentions Pat Parker like very like briefly in the chapter I'm gonna discuss. Um and it's literally there and she literally uh um mentions Pat Parker and also is like mentions this bridge called my back. So it's like you mentioned it. Let's 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 elaborate. Um it's true and yeah. you know what I'm gonna get into that a little bit later mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then also um I wanted to talk about like my experiences with those writers like my last semester of undergrad I took a Mexican-American nonfiction class and we read some some writing from Sheree Moraga and we also read Borderlands by Gloria Anzaldúa <laughs> and we talked a lot about like La Raza Cosmica and when I read Borderlands and I was like 2019 I was like oh my god this is crazy I was like I thought it was like I was like this is so like interesting and like so cool and then like I like learned more about who Gloria Enzaldúa was and like learned about what all these like like uh, theories meant and I was like oh mm-hmm. I um so yeah just wanted to mention that <laughs> and yeah. uh so yeah um I really love your question I, I have a few just like silly ones um I definitely think recipes would be a cool anthology and I like how when you're mentioning zines, because I feel like that would be, like, a cool, like, zine. Um, mm-hmm. Just, like, recipes from different people that could, like, fall under a certain theme or something. Um, <laughs> another one was dating app conversation screenshots from 2020, because I feel like we were all bored on multiple dating apps. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like that would just be a funny, like, look back into that era um and how (laughs) how we could like see how people were experiencing 2020 through their conversations with people via dating apps um 
And also one for like you and me, I think an anthology of the letters and packages we've sent to each other since we've moved to separate states would be really cute. Since we moved, <laughs> you're the one that moved oh, to a different since state. I moved to a different state. Oh, uh, sorry. Since I skipped town. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, what about you? Um, these are good. I also thought about food. Um, I thought it would be cool to do something about like um recipes that have uh, that have like that are meaningful to you. So whether that means like mm-hmm. um food that you ate during like specific points in in life. So like, what is your what is your depression era meals like? What is like the food that you remember eating growing up like mm-hmm. the thing that you um bring to a potluck like your favorite birthday meals um yeah I also thought of um doing stuff around or like an anthology um around fandom culture and lesbianism uh, yes <laughs> I think yes. last year last year whenever we read um what was it everything I everything I need I get from you that was like fandoms and internet but like fandoms and like lesbianism that should be studied (laughs) I mean I feel like it should I'm also like oh my god wouldn't it be kind of cool if we were just like what if we just decided to have an anthology and like self-published it and we're like hey listeners submit your work (laughs) what that'd be crazy (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and fuck I had another one that I was like oh my god this is so good I feel like I had this I had this thought as I was falling asleep last night I was like oh my god this is so good I need to write it down (laughs) (laughs) um oh no I don't remember I want to say it had something to do with like movies and uh lesbianism that's mm. all i got no it was it was really good but then i fell asleep maybe maybe i'll remember it later i feel like it was kind of in response to one of the questions that you or it, it was similar to one of the questions you had asked emily hashimoto when we interviewed them which by the mm-hmm. way if you haven't listening if you haven't listened to the episode you should totally go check it out um <laughs> where you asked about um Think, I think it was you that asked about um, the kind of media they grew up seeing and how they saw themselves represented in that or like if they I think I asked you that in our last episode you asked me that yeah that was for our yes 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 part one it was, I was like Arthur we were like yeah because I was like who is your like uh like lesbian headcanon yes was that what was that right it was it was something along it was like if you were a character like what character would you have been Mm -hmm. um kind of like that but it was so I think what I was thinking was like movies tv shows whatever just kind of media in general like 
what media do you like still cling on to as a lesbian that like mm-hmm. you feel like kind of like speaks to your identity or like your journey mm-hmm. um even if it has even if you can't like you know even if the connection isn't like apparent right mm-hmm. um but yeah because I think like there are definitely like um characteristics or identities that were like of characters that were drawn to and then I think looking back you're like oh <laughs> that's why <laughs> yeah like I'm yeah. like villains are gay <laughs> I mean not like always but come on now y'all. Mm. But... <laughs> and then you think about how like why are the villains gay coded exactly and yeah and then the wheels start turning (laughs) it's true it's true so yeah well thanks for answering um that was that was that chapter uh I know Gloria and I are gonna like talk a bit about our final thoughts on the book so Mm -hmm. I'll leave the rest for later but okay cool amazing um so my chapter that I focused on was a lesbian's best friend Amy Hoffman and Mike Regal uh this chapter it kind of talks it explores about Amy Hoffman who's lesbian and Mike Regal a gay man um and like their friendship uh excuse me um and their friendship and then within the chapter like kind of like towards the beginning they both are like Amelia Pasanza is kind of like well we weren't like really friends at first um and kind of explores like the I guess misogyny and like within the gay community Mm -hmm. and how like uh gay men like white gay men are like oh we like we hate women to like kind of like amplify their gayness mm-hmm. um and so kind of talked about that in conjunction with them not really being friends at first um <clears throat> but um this was during the AIDS epidemic in the 80s and 90s and um uh it's the chapter kind of surrounds Amy being listed as uh Mike Regal's healthcare proxy, which uh it's kind of basically like your back then like your power of attorney, but like in like weird non-legal terms because like this like crisis was unprecedented and it was all like mostly gay men that were experiencing this and like they didn't really know how to like handle that so they was just and especially because Mike Regal his family like they didn't have any connection to him so like Amy was one of the few friends that could help him because she like wasn't getting the virus and could help him and take care of him and make decisions for him as he progressed through the illness um so yeah um I thought it was 
really like moving about how even despite like their like differences and just kind of like lesbians and gay men's differences in general like they still stepped up and uh to take care of them because they knew no one else connected to them would um and it's like they're watching out for their own and that's really important um and within the chapter they also um it also like you know how in every other chapter it kind of flashes back with like Amelia Pisanza's life and how it reflects with the couple in each chapter so in this chapter Amelia is talking about her relationship her friendship relationship <laughs> with her like swim teammate John um her gay bestie they're like training together to like swim a 10k which is crazy um and kind of how doing that kind of strengthened their friendship because it's kind of like how with Amy and Mike like they weren't really friends in the beginning and then through this experience it brought them closer together um and Amelia even says like um what does she say (laughs) oh she's like the truth is John will live our story isn't a retelling of Mike and Amy's the global the global AIDS crisis isn't over, but has ended for people with access to condoms and prep. People like John. So it's, she's like com- like ref- how she's showing how her friendship is reflecting Mike and Amy's, but also like acknowledging that like they're completely different like situations, um, but still emphasizing that fact about like a lesbian and a gay man like besties. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I really like this chapter just because I, I really like, I liked how this was like one of the few chapters that kind of went past like romantic love Mm -hmm. stories with lesbians. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, and, uh, because I think that this book is mostly about like romantic love stories um with like the exception of like this chapter and then the Shuri Muraga Goryanzo do a chapter um and I just wish we had more of that because I feel like lesbian love like that can be so many things and Mm -hmm. I wish I kind of wish that she also kind of defined what love was before going into this but I don't know that was just something that I thought would have been cool for like the whole book as in general um but yeah anyways really like this chapter because it kind of went past the romantic notions of love to like platonic and like familial even um because in this chapter it's like we're family um I'm taking care of my family um, and also, it reminded me of me and my bestie, Oscar, um, <laughs> because um, breaking stereotypes about the gay best friend being the guy because I'm the gay best friend. <laughs> breaking barriers. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, shout out Oscar. 
Love you. <laughs> Shout out um, to Oscar. <laughs> um, Wait, does Oscar listen? Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, I need to ask him and be like, are you listening? Yes or no? If he doesn't listen, that's sick. But if he does listen, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, wh- like, why aren't you texting uh, us and discussing... What's... Yeah, why are you not submitting, um, like book recommend book, book yeah book requests, book requests. Um, Oscar? Are you serious? <laughs> right now? Interesting. So, like, <laughs> not really friends, huh? If you're on Beale Street, get off that street. <laughs> Go submit a book request. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait i um, i just oh sorry no you can go i'm kind of done anyway i just i just wanted to say i thought this was a really good chapter to end on um mm-hmm, it, felt, mm-hmm. it was like like it felt really like um like equal parts memoir equal parts um you know talking about this this historical relationship and mm. I really liked that um I I I agree with you I wish there was more platonic lesbian friendships like or platonic lesbian relationships explored because I feel like and you know maybe this is this is why the couple I'll be talking about later like wasn't featured in this like I don't know but I'm just like it, it feels like there's more here and so maybe like there's an opportunity for like a second book that explores this or like more right like I would love to read more of Amelia Pouzance's, um writing about lesbian relationships platonic romantic all the things um, because I think she writes about them really well and you can tell that like she did a lot of like really intentional research and like treated these folks with a lot of like care uh, and their stories with a lot of care like even just in the way that she writes you know when things are directly I'm assuming like their quotes they're italicized um and then you know because a lot of it is like reimagining like of what could have could have happened like I don't know it just feels like she was like very true to um these individuals and like even in her reimaginings she's like well like as much as I wish I could say that like I think this is what so-and-so would have done the reality is based on the information that we you know have about them they that's probably not what they would have done you know so I don't know just shout out to her for that because I think that's like um that I I have like a deep appreciation for her doing that um yeah and the rea- and like I feel like a lot of the reality is that, like you simply like won't know and yeah. yeah she has to like live with like doing all this knowing getting to know these people as well as she can while also like knowing that there's so much she'll never know mm-hmm. and it, it's meant it's kind of mentioned like that in this chapter um uh because she was like I have no lesbian role models to look up to I didn't grow up with lesbian role models and then John her friend being like yeah 
I feel like I don't have any gay role models either because they all passed away and Mm -hmm. it's just like very like he just doesn't know a lot about those people and yeah yeah and yeah like I feel like I I really did wish for more like friendship because friendship is love but also like no way maybe there's (laughs) maybe there's more things on the horizon um because I feel like this was like really like well researched and well written like I wouldn't be surprised if she like continues this or like oh yeah maybe not with books or maybe more like like just personal essays or something that she publishes online or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah you know what I'm gonna Amelia Pazanza if you're listening to this um our critiques come from a place of love and also Mm -hmm. you should you should know we really loved this book Mm -hmm. and you should write like a like a historical fiction yeah novel please and thank you a fiction would go crazy it would be like i know i know she could do it no oh, for sure like i'm like if someone's gonna do it it's gonna be her like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah amazing um okay so this chapter was kind of hard to get questions for because I feel like a lot of these points we've talked about in the past, especially mm-hmm. with like, like, kind of talks about like, here, like learning about uh, different things through like media they've consumed or um, gay elders mm-hmm. or um, what else did I mark? how um being a lesbian has shaped who you who you are and how you interact with the world i feel like things we've talked about things like that before um so i think i'm not i don't have a question but i just have a few quotes that i really liked and maybe we can like talk more about them Yeah, Um, yeah so i have a three and we don't have to talk about all of them, but we can just like pick one or whatever. Um, okay, so this uh, passage talks a bit about Michael Foucault, <laughs> which, um, if you know anything about him, not the Panopticon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wrote about the Panopticon and about a lot of stuff about prisons, but so true, homosexuality as well. Um. Yeah. So, um, let me read this. What relationships through homosexuality can be established, invented, multiplied, and modulated? Asked French philosopher Michael Fou- Michel Foucault in a magazine interview he gave near the end of his life called Friendship as a Way of Life. Mm-hmm. The problem is not to, co- to not discover in oneself the truth of one's sex, but rather to use one's sexuality henceforth to arrive at a multiplicity of relationships. He never mentions lesbians in these interviews, but if he did, he might say something like, being a lesbian shapes not only how one relates to another lesbians, to other lesbians, but how one relates to the world. And 
yeah this one kind of has a lot about friendship too and um I guess kind of a question you could ask from this is how um how being out as a lesbian to your community kind of has changed or strengthened your friendships with people mm -hmm. perhaps um mm -hmm. something to think about but I'll read the other ones too okay Wait, why did I mark this page? <laughs> oh, I do that sometimes too when I don't have a a highlighter and then I go back um, later and I'm like, whoa, what was she no, thinking? <laughs> I'm like, what did I... Oh, okay. So uh, this is kind of talking about like lesbian elders um mm -hmm. so it's as we wound our way through the gravestones john asked me why we were here this would be easier than explaining georgia o'keefe's paintings i told him that i had grown up without any lesbian role models so i had gone out in search of them i get that he said i don't have any role models either there's a whole missing generation i feel like that's why so many gay men feel isolated and depressed or get addicted to drugs we're not afraid of AIDS anymore. We're just afraid of actually having a future. <sighs> that was really sad. Um, I'd lost my role models in the abyss of an archive. He had lost his to a pandemic. So a question that I just thought of could be like, um, in what like different ways are you looking for your like lesbian role models? Because I feel like, like Amelia Posanza, you and I both didn't really have that growing up, and I feel we're, like, finding that as we navigate our 20s. Mm -hmm. um, so in what places are you, like, finding those types of people? Um, yeah. And the last one I had, it was just kind of, um, let's see. Uh, it was just a paragraph about how Amelia Posanza learned about AIDS from uh, learning about AIDS through the musical Rent. And <laughs> I thought that was just silly, but also kind of made me think about like, when was the first time we thought we like learned about like, we not learned, but like realized gay people exist <laughs> mm -hmm. um but yeah so those are okay. my quotes the first time i learned that gay people existed was watching walter mercado um because, <laughs> because i i feel like <clears throat> there was very much like a oh he's different vibe in my house but <laughs> We would we would always watch his you know him talking about astrology. But no mm -hmm. one would said would say anything, so I was just like okay. And then I think the next time I realized the second time I realized gay people were real was 
um i was obsessed with rebelde from a very young age and i would watch it religiously even though i really should not have been um but uh oh man what's his name in real life i don't know but giovanni um you know he's like the one who always has his like hair dyed wild colors um i came mm -hmm, i came across a magazine and he had been outed um and it was like it was really like messed up but i remember being like oh my god he's gay yeah and it was like it was like front page of like some like <clears throat> magazine in spanish and it like talked mm -hmm. about all this stuff and um he's made some i want i feel like he's made some interesting choices in in recent years um don't quote me on that but <laughs> i feel like i feel like i've seen stuff about him just Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that's that as for your other question about where I'm finding elders I don't know um I have no idea like this is actually like really hard because I think you and I have talked about you know wanting to like you know either like find a way to like connect with um mm -hmm. elder lesbians as like pen pals or something where like there has to be like lesbian folks like where in... are the gay nursing homes yes yes <laughs> I, I remember we were like talking about this because it's so true and I feel like um I mean I think this is true for like a lot of people um and I think a lot of like trans like kids like mm -hmm. when you don't see someone who is like older and and when you like when that's just not clear to you then you're like well it is like me growing old even a possibility yeah, like, yeah. That... it's like are we even here and yeah do we even have a place here in the future yes exactly and I think like you know right now 22 I mean yeah I'm not gonna get on my like politics soapbox but this mm -hmm. year has been fucking rough for trans folks specifically trans kids um mm -hmm. and I think you know reading about news um happening in the U.S. and internationally like in Italy mm -hmm. has been really devastating and fucking depressing um and so yeah I don't I don't know where where to find and connect with lesbian elders but I want to I'm like I think we need to I think we have a lot to learn from them mm -hmm. and there's so many things that we can like yeah connect on and honestly learn from each other not necessarily just us learning from them but I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of like really important intergenerational um lessons that can be passed through so Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know where if you know where to find <laughs> elders let us know for real because <laughs> I feel like I feel like where we are finding them is like books and like media and like yeah writers or actors or musicians and it's like what about the people there's more than that there's people that are like who've lived so such rich lives that we'll never know because they just it's just hard to connect with them and I feel like this yeah. book is 
connected us with so many people I wouldn't have known otherwise if I had not read this book. Yes. So yes. I think that's really amazing. Um, Agreed. And going back to <laughs> um, Rebelde, it's just crazy how like seeing that someone came out or came out or was outed was such like front page news uh the talk of the town like not like 10 years ago not even 10 years ago like but now it's just like a little bit more I guess normalized which I don't know if that's the right word but <laughs> like just like finding out a celebrity or someone's gay and you're like oh okay um when like 10 years ago it would have been like that's all that anyone would be talking about from people outside of that circle um so i think that's very interesting hope we're reaching with this podcast one is oscar two <laughs> elders yes please <laughs> i'm like every time i see an old lesbian couple or like an old butch lesbian in public i'm like thank you for your service <laughs> i'm like i love you uh, yeah Okay, so this comes from the epilogue, which I think is like the very last sentence of the whole book. Um, it is when um, Amelia is interviewing Joan um, from back from chapter two, Joan and Mabel. Um, uh, Amelia is interviewing Joan, who is one of the founders of the Lesbian History Archives. Um she kind of talks about how um, the archive was for anyone and everyone. It didn't matter how famous you were. And she says, the archives were, was created to break the concept of fame. If you have the courage to touch another woman and to claim that touch, that for us was fame enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool. And it kind of um, summarizes the whole point of the book. Um, that these people that maybe we wouldn't have known otherwise if we hadn't had read the book, like they had yeah. these rich stories and rich lives, um, kind of like how I was saying earlier. And so my question kind of has to do with your question. Mm. Um, so I'll say Les Les Leslie's question, but we'll answer it. I'll just talk about, I'll just say it to compare it to mine. So Leslie asked um, if I had to, research one lesbian couple uh who would I choose and um my question is like which person who is I guess not notable and it can go beyond lesbian because I know like there's a limited number of lesbians that we know in our life um so just saying <laughs> unfortunately so which not notable um, within the public <laughs> LGBT person in your life would you want to feature in your personal archive um, examples your bestie your first love your first homoerotic friendship um, the first teacher who made you be like wait okay um, or who made you feel accepted in your gayness like your high school English teacher I don't know um <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say this on the record. My high school English teacher was not like y'all's high school English teacher, all right? 
uh, that sucks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she, she used to say her name, her last name literally rhymed with devil. And that's all you need to know about her. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> um. Wait, do you, would you like to go? Uh, if you if you're not ready for your, okay, I feel like I'm like I I can't have a personal archive and then not talk about the person who made me go. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you don't have I, to say I, their name or anything. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not. I don't even know if they <laughs> still go by this name, but um. Yeah, that was like a really homoerotic friendship mm. that then turned into, uh, like, I wouldn't even call it, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, like, I wouldn't even call it a relationship. It was, it was definitely a situationship, though, did not have the words for it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we both grew up in like really religious households, to an extent, their household was more religious than mine. And um, they had to deal with a lot of shit. And it really sucked, but um, they were like the first person. We were like fourteen, I think thirteen. Yeah, fourteen. Um, and they were like the first person who, um, like I remember talking to me about like being non-binary and like using they them pronouns, but then also, um, being their bi queer yeah I think I think they identified as queer mm-hmm. um and I was just like wait like that's that's wild there's so many different what do you mean there's so many different ways to like not be straight <laughs> this is this is bad <laughs> um so yeah it's been a very long time since we've talked and mm-hmm. I hope to n- never cross paths with this person ever again however Period. I, I gotta give it to them you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah so I, I would say I would say them they were notable to me and their uh, impact has lasted quite some time I would say mm. <laughs> love <laughs> yeah wait also this is kind of funny that you asked this because right before we got on I was reading this um, article for this like that's in this literary magazine I want to like submit to and the article or the piece was like a personal essay and someone was like basically talking about how they realized they were queer when they fell in love with their best friend yeah (laughs) I was like yeah um yeah but I think but you know what I think that's another reason why like platonic friendships your platonic friendships are so important because uh, you know I think a lot about the ways that like um okay well yeah like (laughs) sometimes you you become friends with someone after you try to date them and you're like this is incredible (laughs) What? What? Yeah, like. Wait, say it again. You like cut out because you're like laughing. <laughs> I said sometimes you become friends with someone 
because you try to date them and you're like oh this isn't gonna work so you just stay friends with them (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I think but I think there's something to that because it's like oh I see this like while I don't think that a romantic or sexual relationship with will work I still see there being like like there's something there for us to explore and like see if like we're compatible Mm -hmm. as friends because I do think that that is I mean I don't know about you but I'm not friends with every queer person I see so real yeah (laughs) some some of y'all annoying as fuck (laughs) some of you bitches are annoying (laughs) so yeah yeah that's important (laughs) yeah I'm like I feel like yeah uh, yeah yeah so that's me I would say also kind of in the style of to all the boys I've loved before I would be like to all the girls I was best friends with in school (laughs) when we were a little too close but I didn't have the words for how I felt yeah now looking back on it I know it was a crush but like you said like friendship crushes exist and like you just you're super close with them and you love them but it's not like it's not like that you know yeah I do I feel like uh, yeah let me not get on my soapbox about friend crushes because I didn't (laughs) I didn't realize this was a, this was a thing but sometimes you really do you just see someone you're like man I want to be friends with you so fucking bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but also to what you were saying yeah I'm like there's definitely shout out to a uh, Lizbeth the horse girl who was my <laughs> first best friend in elementary mm-hmm. school and I definitely had a crush on her and you know what part of it was because she was she was a ginger she was a redhead um wow. <laughs> the consistency <laughs> um that'll do it that'll do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i can like i can name all of them oh my god <laughs> will they listen Should to I? the pod <laughs> no okay okay do it do it do it so in kindergarten my bestie mackenzie uh-huh. And then first grade, it was also Mackenzie. And then second grade, it was my friend Paris, who were still mutuals on Instagram. But, like, we never speak anymore, but we were, like, besties. And then third grade, it was my friend group. It was um, this girl named Monet and this girl named Killian. Like Killian Murphy, but she was a girl. <laughs> and then um I forget the other one, but she was also my bestie. Oh, I think it was like Lana or something. I don't remember. Um, and then fourth grade. Why do these children have such bougie names? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then um fourth grade, I was in Puerto Rico, and mm. the only girl that was like nice to me, her name was Michelle. Um Absolutely. Hope you're doing well. And then fifth grade, fifth and sixth, no, fifth grade, fifth grade, that's a anomaly year because that was the year I moved to Texas and I oh, was sorry. not friends with anyone. 
um sixth grade sixth and seventh grade well no just sixth grade um she lived in my apartment complex we also went to the same school her name was Kaylee um and then seventh grade through like like basically the end of high school Viviana wait she might listen to this but (laughs) and uh well now she's engaged so congrats oh congrats (laughs) um shout out (laughs) but if you do if you are listening to this um (laughs) it wasn't like a romantic crush it was like a friendship crush because like well we were friends but I also loved you but also I was gay so it was like a different layer it's um and then yeah yeah I think yeah wow um (laughs) I don't remember uh I don't remember a lot of my I did date in fifth grade I dated this boy named Adrian (laughs) And he had the softest, high, most high-pitched voice <laughs> on the phone. And I think years later, I was like, oh, that's why. He, he, if I had to describe him in one word, it would be soft. Yeah. <laughs> At least then, I think he's, yeah, after middle school, he... He's a bro now. He's he's a hardcore bro now, but... Unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever um that was a good question my uh third grade teacher miss moore Uh um she had like a very like butch haircut and i was like obsessed with her and now that i'm like later on thinking about that i was like whoa dang i i didn't have any teachers that i was like i see myself in you (laughs) yeah (laughs) no I don't think I did. Well, yeah. it's because you live in Texas and teachers couldn't do anything. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, well, thank you for that question. That was a good one. Uh, of course. Um, okay. I will just say for my question, um, if you had to research one lesbian couple, romantic or platonic or whatever, really, who would you choose and why? I chose Audrey Lord and Pat Parker. Um, they were both mentioned in this book and um, they were two black feminist lesbian poets who were besties and they had a fucking 15 year long letter writing relationship. I was like, holy shit. And actually, whenever um, uh, I went to go visit Glory and we went to Chicago to the archives, we stopped at a bookstore, as one does. And I bought um, Sister Love, uh, The Letters of Audre Lorde and Pat Parker. And I'm so fucking excited to read it. I actually think that might be my next nonfiction read. Um, But okay, so they were friends for 20 years, but they... um, wrote letters for 15 and yeah I'm like I mean I think Glory and I you know like we are like 
uh, long distance besties and we like I think the the podcast in a lot of ways is like a way that we we make sure we basically talk to each other at least once a month uh, true <laughs> <laughs> so it's like even if no one else listens to this like we get to hang out and talk about books for a bit and yeah. that's enough um <laughs> but you know we also like chicken um at other times I have a oh my god my care hopefully my care package makes it out by the end of this week it's done it's curated I'm so excited for you to get it um but I guess like you know um I don't know how, how if you feel this way Glory but I feel like um I have like long distance friendships with other people and we've basically like had to be really intentional in like figuring out how it is that we want to stay in touch and like how often otherwise Mm -hmm. like it can be really easy to just like not um Mm -hmm. and for me I don't really have a lot of I mean I don't have friends I hang out with in person here in in Texas um besides Sarah who I literally live with um (laughs) (laughs) um and so it's like yeah like putting in like you got to put in the work to like sustain a a relationship Mm -hmm. um but but I will say it's not hard because you're my bestie so it's not work it's It's just being friends it's true yeah I I I do what you mean though yeah I think okay I'm glad you get what I mean I think like for other folks it's just like literally if you just don't make time to talk to your friends then you just mm-hmm. like you're I don't know you know I'm like yeah. I'm not afraid of like being annoying and like quadruple texting or whatever because I'm like mm-hmm. Glor- Glory's busy getting mm-hmm. getting all these all these people all the books they need <laughs> putting all the events okay we both are we have just we're just so booked and we're being adults it's true and it's hard it is uh so I guess like I uh, and I'll, I'll link this um article in in the description of the episode but um there is this like excerpt of some of their letters and it was really um cool to read because you know like they weren't just I mean they were like friends but you know they gave each other advice on writing um they like like Loki called each other out for like not pulling their weight in a friendship being like well you know I stopped hearing from you so I was like what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, but they're also really funny and like you can tell they really loved each other um and so yeah I I mean I'm excited to read this book and like learn more and like share that back out with y'all um but I guess like my reason for wanting to like you know do some more research and learn more about them is because of what you were speaking to earlier glory like we we deserve to like learn more about or or we deserve for lesbian platonic like relationships to be uplifted more um Mm -hmm. because they're just as important and I mean like it's 
I feel like I say this every episode, but I'm just like, it's very hard to know who I would be without my lesbian bestie right there. Stop! So true. Mic drop. Thank you. (laughs) Next! Um, I actually didn't know they were, like, whenever we were in Chicago and we looked at that book, I thought they were, like, also lovers. I didn't know they were friends. And so, like, knowing that they're friends is just, like, more sweeter that way because it's just like there's someone that you like made the effort to like stay friends with for 15 years and like for them yeah. it wasn't an effort because they loved each other that much but like oh, so good yeah um so this one is a little hard for me just because again there are a lot of lesbian couples that I know <laughs> um but I did talk about Leslie Feinberg and Minnie Bruce Pratt, and I chose them because, well, recently Minnie Bruce Pratt did pass away. Rest in peace. Um, yes. So I think this year. Um, yeah, like and month, I, literally a month ago. Yeah. Uh, during Pride Month. That's so messed up. Um, so... Um, I chose that because I feel like Leslie Feinberg gives us so much of their life through the autofiction novel Stonebush Blues. Um, but I don't I don't think we really know Minnie and Leslie's story, so I definitely would want to research that more. Well, also knowing the fact that maybe they don't want they want to keep that part of their lives private. Um, and also respecting like them and like their like chosen family and stuff. So uh, that's something I want to like learn more about um and then another point that I talked about was like do you think in a hundred years when people listen to our podcast they'll want to research our friendship and I really hope so <laughs> yeah people are gonna be like what about those two lesbian creatives we need what? to <laughs> we need to like keep our recordings like in somewhere physical because I'm like burn them on CDs or something. Yeah, because like I don't who knows how long Spotify or will be around or Oh my god, we need to like figure out how to put them on cassette tapes. I feel like Yes. Imagine oh. someone listening to this being like figure out how to put them on cassette tapes. How do you not yeah. listen? We are um, <laughs> <laughs> we are elder zoomers. There are zoomers who don't know what what cds yeah they don't even know what cds are so yeah i'm like (laughs) when i was little i when i when i was a kid (laughs) back in my day (laughs) i used to watch a bug's life on vhs so boom there you go that should give you indication (laughs) um uh, whenever i used to work at the like school there was like an old cassette recorder in the the library um (laughs) I wish I stole it, Ugh. but um, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be hard. You just have to buy blank cassettes and find a cassette recorder and press record. We mm-hmm. could do it easy. Oh my god, easy peasy lemon squeeze. <laughs> I mean, like, but yeah, yeah, something physical would be cool. Yeah, our well, podcast out on vinyl. <laughs> no, stop it. you just gave me a really good idea you know that you can make 
you can like get playlists put onto vinyl yes my Josie got me for our anniversary okay, last year I feel like year. I learned this from you then <laughs> last year on our anniversary Josie got me a heart-shaped vinyl with two songs on it that meant a lot to us um I don't know about putting an hour-long <laughs> podcast yeah uh, they're like so that's gonna be a thousand <laughs> Uh, I'll but, be like, we can give you a shout out on the pod. No, like free exposure. Like I don't have to pay you. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll figure out if you. Maybe there's someone listening who's like, these bitches don't know shit about burning CDs and cassette tapes, and um, you're like foaming at the mouth. <laughs> educate us educate like literally just email us also i used to burn cds in middle school so i never did that i want to be clear i never did that i did (laughs) so maybe i'm not an elder zoomer maybe i'm I'm just a zoomer it really makes you think really does i was alive before 9-11 that has to count for something okay cool so overall thoughts (laughs) of the book Wait, sorry, Glory, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts that you would like to, um... On the book? Mm-hmm, that you would like to share so we can wrap um, up the book? These thoughts that, these thoughts that I wrote down in our document are things that I've talked about already, so I'm gonna say no. Okay, cool. Um... I would just say I give this a solid four out of five stars. Like this was such a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it started off really strong and it ended. That last chapter was was really great. Um, like I talked about before, you can tell that Amelia Pizanza put a lot of like care and intention behind the depictions of of these lesbians in this book and yeah I would say for myself uh I love a fucking memoir so I just wish we had Mm -hmm. gotten more about like her life um I think we got like snippets um and so I wouldn't call it like half memoir half historical retellings like um yeah I I just I want to know more about her um mm-hmm. and I don't care about the military even if it's gay so that's why I had to put <laughs> it down um and I'm like you know most of these folks were white so really wish there were more lesbians of color like mm-hmm. you know um Mabel Hampton I think was one of the only if not the only black lesbian mentioned mm-hmm. um and so yeah just wish there had been more but um overall I think it was a really great read so I'm glad we read it me too I feel like it was a good June and July read yeah um yeah okay perfect Woohoo! our last little tidbit is going to talk about what we read together in July and well, we read on our own in July, sorry. And we're also going to pick a book for next month's buddy read. Um, so I'm going to go pretty quick because I don't know how to have. Yeah, 
So, Suffer in July, I read Wild Things by Laura Kay, which Fuck is what yeah. Leslie read and what we talked about in episode six. So, if you want to know about what the book is about, uh, listen to episode six. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. And I just thought it was super fun and sweet. And I just maybe want to like live in the country with my lesbian <laughs> friends, not in, like a commune way, because I think, but I think we all have good communication. So, we could do it if we tried. Um, and then I read Happy Place by Emily Henry, which is her most recent book. Um, not my favorite. Um, yes. Yeah. Did you see that? She- okay, I I haven't. Well, this is kind of funny that you mentioned Emily Henry because I was about to read this book. Uh huh. Um, but she dropped a new, like, new title for her next book today. Already? Yeah. She's churning these suckers out. No, I'm like, pretty sure this one, this next one, what like one of the main characters is a children's librarian. <gasps> Shut the hell up! Not even joking. That's so cute. Uh, um, yeah, I'm like not my favorite of the Emily Henry universe. Um, wait, I have a question then. Uh huh. If someone like me is new to Emily Henry, which book would you recommend? Uh, I really liked Book Lovers, and I really liked um, People We Meet on Vacation. Mm. Uh, book Lovers was the one that came out last year, um, and then People We Meet on Vacation was the one that came out the year before that. Mm-hmm. So it goes Beach Read, People We Meet on Vacation, Book Lovers, Happy Place. Um. Yeah. So I think Book Lovers is my favorite. Um. I was. I started reading Beach Read. Um. And then I stopped just because. I don't know. I think too many many straight. Like I've had just straight people overload. I'm like, when is Emily gonna give us some gay characters? I mean, she has like gay characters in her books, but not none of them are like the main character. And I'm like, I get it because I don't think she herself is LGBT. So, but I'm like, a split second, I forgot that not all books are gay. Yeah, (laughs) these books these books are unfortunately straight. So trigger warning. Oh, trigger warning. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then what I'm currently reading, I started in July, but I'm not done yet. Um is Elliot Page's memoir, Page Boy. Um, I'm still pretty early in the book, but so far I really like it. Um, Elliot Page has good prose writing, Mm. which is like when you like see an actor do really well in their acting and then you find out they can write too, it's like, whoa. Whoa. Uh, but yeah, that's what that's my July reads. Ah, uh, love this. We have it's like two queer books. Well, a queer romance, mm-hmm. a trans memoir, mm-hmm. and then um, <laughs> what would you call it? Um. Uh. A, a minority read <laughs> diverse, uh, diversity, <laughs> yeah, exactly. diversity win 
Um, this is good. I think for myself, I've kind of been in a little bit of a reading slump. Um, I haven't. Okay, I listened to conversations with friends on audiobook. I love conversations with friends. That's one of. I think that's my favorite Sally Rooney book. Um. If you didn't watch the. Well, if you watch the TV show on Hulu, don't worry, they took it down. <laughs> you can't find it anywhere, so they're just going to pretend it didn't happen. I'm going to pretend it didn't happen. It's going to be Wait, fun. really? Yes, you can't find it anywhere. <gasps> Shut they up. took it down. I thought you were joking. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Not joking. It's gone. Okay? Gone. Normal people still up. Conversation well, with friends, they said, whomst? Well, as they should, because, well... No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the Swifties were behind it, and they were like, "No, they're like, <laughs> it's gone." Okay. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. I I've been trying to figure out what to read. So, um. I this morning I was like, maybe I should read an Emily Henry book. Um. I want to read something light. Mm-hmm and not too heavy before I get into nonfiction because I try to read fiction, nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, this last month I read The Adult by Bronwyn Fisher. Um, this book was so fucking good. Like, uh, okay. you can tell this author is like either a poet or like just like their writing was so like lyrical and just like mm. beautiful and I don't know like I feel like because I also was taking like a intro to fiction class so I was trying to pay more attention to like like the writing I was reading mm-hmm. um and this just this was so good like yeah so the book is about Natalie who's 18 years old and she is a freshman at the universe at a university in Toronto so she has left her hometown and her parents own this like um uh I don't know it's like a like a bed and breakfast situation and it's like kind of like isolated um and so she's like coming in onto campus and she's like very like insecure and just like really shy um and she doesn't know how to fit in and so Natalie um is taking this like poetry class and one day she's like out um trying to write about nature and she meets Nora this older woman um who like just like starts like talking to her and like becomes interested in her I guess Mm -hmm. and like Natalie just ends up spending more and more time with Nora um slowly we start learning more about like Nora's life and like you know find out that her wife left um and like all this stuff and so slowly we start kind of like putting together like who Nora is as Natalie is like I mean she's like getting involved with Nora um kind of like you know befriending people her age in her classes but then also like kind of lying to them about why she's off campus so much and so it's like 
Natalie herself doesn't really know who she is and she's trying to figure it out and it's Mm -hmm. like made complicated by this relationship that she's beginning to have and um in so many ways like Natalie kind of becomes obsessed um with Nora and kind of like puts together that Nora's hiding something and then you know this the secrets start to be revealed and it's fucking wild and I literally gasped I was like oh my god whoa it was really good it was really good so yeah um it's the um I think it felt very much like um when you are a freshman in college I think the the change can feel really abrupt Mm -hmm. and then things maybe kind of like so much happens that first year away from home that the person you were at the beginning of the semester is like completely different than who you are at the end at least that's how I felt um and yeah I don't know I also think it was like you know a lot of like Natalie coming of age as a queer person um Mm -hmm. and that included this thing I I feel like I read a review that was like oh this is just canon like it has to happen um (laughs) Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was it was a really good read. I really enjoyed it. Um amazing. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm gonna read next, but um I have a couple things to choose from. And I want to read something like before I get into um sister love. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I guess y'all will find out next time what I ended up reading. <laughs> I feel like I get so many good recommendations from you from this podcast because <laughs> last month I read uh what's it called wild things um this is so good it was so good this book the one you just talked about kind of reminds me of sirens and muses um mm. but this one has looks like it has more of like a thriller like secrets element so yeah you know there's this book called like is it what we do in the not what we do in the <laughs> Cause that's that damn vampires tv show y'all like yeah that one i did not like that book but i was like this is not it for me personally what book that book is it not what we do in the show is that not is that that we do in the dark vampire tv show what we do in the dark is it that one and it's like the the teacher orange yes yeah the the teacher and the student yes okay like there had been comparisons to to from that the, like comparing these two books I think the mm-hmm. adult is like not to pin two authors against each other I think the adult is superior because <laughs> I read that book I said okay <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say about that let me let me let me not get sued I don't know how this <laughs> cease and desist (laughs) (laughs) no um what's it called uh what is it whenever you get sued for like oh defamation yeah um anyways (laughs) anyways (laughs) um so amazing july good pretty good reading month pretty not good not bad not bad not good yeah pretty mid (laughs) um so now 
are we gonna pick our buddy read for yes i have to say something okay i have to say that i thought the book i had picked is out it's not out until november in the u.s yeah that's how i felt so i i needed to say that because oh my god yeah um (laughs) so do you have do you have another book or do you want to just read the one that i high key i thought the one you picked sounded really good okay i'm not to do that and then okay check this other book out in november the book that we were gonna read the book that we were gonna like one of our other choices is called gwen and art are not in love and it was kind of like a gay retelling of like old medieval myths Mm -hmm. um king arthur but before they were he was a king etc etc um and it was by lex croucher who wrote infamous the regency queer book um but this month we wanted our vibes to be ya so we both picked two ya novels unfortunately one of the ya novels hasn't come out yet (laughs) um kind of sick like i understand (laughs) lex croucher is from the uk but like and you hate us (laughs) um so i we looked i looked into my Teen Pride 2023 list I made on at my library. Um, I made like a whole list of like queer books that came out this year, and one of them was If You Still Recognize Me by Cynthia So. And the blurb this summer, Elsie is finally going to confess her feelings for her long time and long distance crush. They may be separated by an ocean, but Elsie feels fluttery every time Ada's name pops up on her phone. Ada gets her like no one else. That is, until Joan. Elsie's childhood best friend literally walks back into her life. Joan, who disappeared into radio silence after moving away to Hong Kong years ago and never applied to any of Elsie's letters or emails. Joan, who who somehow slots back into Elsie's life like she never left and makes Elsie wonder if she's left behind a little too much of the girl she used to be. Then Ada mentions her grandmother's own long-lost pen pal and maybe love a woman who once lived in a seaside town in Cornwall, only a train ride away from Elsie's Oxford home. Suddenly, Elsie knows just the grand gesture to show Ada how she feels. But as her plan to reunite the two older women ignites a summer of repairing broken bonds, Elsie is torn in different directions and starts to hope it's not too late to recover all the things she's lost. Um, Yeah, so... That'll be what we're reading this month. If you still recognize me by Cynthia So, um, check it out from your library, buy it at your local bookstore, uh, download the audiobook. Yeah, I need to do that too. I think we have one. Uh, We have a copy. We have a copy at my library. So I will go to work tomorrow and get it. Oh my God. I'm really excited. Um, yeah. Um, Yay! Yay! Any other announcements? I don't um, think so. Other announcements? No. I don't. I don't think so either. Um. Do, 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 Slay. Well, 
that concludes episode seven. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't read Lesbian Love Story, please check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only talked about four chapters. There's eight of them. So, yeah. Read it. Let us know what you think. Um, and yeah, next month we'll be reading uh if you if you still recognize me by Cynthia so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and we might have um some more we might have we might have some some other stuff you know to to share mm-hmm. next month mm-hmm. um so keep some, your some things are cooking peeled. some things are cooking pun intended <laughs> yeah maybe something's brewing Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh my god glory i didn't know you couldn't wink <laughs> i like doing a comic <laughs> wink oh okay. um but yeah thank y'all so much for listening if you haven't listened to our last six episodes what, what are, are you doing, doing? literally go listen to them um there's a lot of book recommendations so even if you're like oh why do i want to i do not want to i don't know why you would be french but (laughs) i don't want to listen to this that sucks um i'm sorry but we have really good book recommendations and also why wouldn't you want to like listen to us while you do like mundane things like cleaning it's like your facetiming yeah Someone. it's like it's like think about it this way it's like you're like at like a coffee shop and you're by yourself and we're sitting next <laughs> to you and we're having this conversation and you're just eavesdropping yeah like that, that's what give it like that yeah you know you've, you're wearing your airpods you're not even listening to music you're not fooling anyone okay, <laughs> no. okay well have a have a great rest of your month. We'll see you. <laughs> hope hope your August treats you well. Um, uh, stream August by Taylor Swift. Um, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye.